Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg. I'm a clinical psychologist. And each episode, I present information to you about mental health-related topics, including teaching you new skills that you can use in order to improve your mental health. And today, I'm going to continue the discussion I started yesterday about mindfulness, and I'm going to teach you some more mindfulness skills today. And again, just to summarize what the benefits of mindfulness are, is that it allows us to be right here, right now. So it prevents us from being up here in our heads, worrying about the future, or being depressed about something that happened in the past. So it allows you to be here right now, which prevents you from being other places, which can aggravate your mental health. And it also uh, releases serotonin in your brain when you practice this, the mindfulness skills that I'm teaching you. And that helps you to, it helps to improve your mood. It helps you to feel more calm releases other chemicals in your brain that help you to relax and reduces cortisol, which is a stress hormone and also reduces adrenaline. Again, these are all things that help you to calm down. So the mindfulness skills that I'm going to teach you today, the first one is called one mindfully and one mindfully is very closely related to observe and describe. One mindfully, as the name implies, is that you immerse yourself into whatever activity you're doing to be right here, right now. So if you're washing dishes, be washing the dishes. Notice the way that the water feels. Notice the color of the soap in the light. Notice the texture of the soap and how that feels on your fingers. Notice the way the water looks as it's running over the plate. So you are 100% in the moment doing whatever it is that you're doing. You're doing that one thing. And this is really good for folks that also have ADHD Using one mindfully can help a lot in terms of just productivity and focus, doing things one mindfully. So, for example, if you're working on a PowerPoint presentation for work, be working on the PowerPoint presentation. Don't be also checking your phone for text messages and looking at your email to see if you have any new messages. So just be working on your PowerPoint presentation and you'll get a lot more done that way. So that's called one mindfully. And another mindfulness skill is what's called non-judgmental. And non-judgmental is essentially talking about and thinking about things in objective terms. We're just thinking about what are the facts. We're not thinking about whether it's good or bad, whether it's fair or unfair. We're just looking at it from an objective standpoint. And I've talked about this in some of the other podcasts when I was describing to you the ways that you can use observe and describe in 
order to improve your mood and also help you tolerate a distressing situation and cope with a stressful situation. So non-judgmental is a way of taking a step back and looking at the situation for what it is and not getting adrenalized by using what we call more inflammatory language. So rather than talking about, let's say your roommate, my roommate has no respect for me. Uh, He sleeps until two o'clock in the afternoon. And when I try to talk to him, he doesn't answer me. So you could say it like that, which sounds very judgmental and sounds like it would get you quite upset. Or you are just describing it objectively. I noticed that my roommate is still in bed and it's two o'clock. I noticed that my roommate isn't saying anything back to me when I try to speak with him. I notice that my roommate is sitting in the dark watching the television and didn't acknowledge me when I walked into the room. So doing it objectively will help you to not react to it. It'll help soften it. So using non-judgmental is a really good way for you to be mindful, be present, and think about things in a way where you're not uh, making matters worse. Which brings me to my next mindfulness skill, which is called effectively. And effectively is essentially do what works. So if I'm making a goal with someone in therapy and I say, what would you like to set for your intention this week? And they say, I would like to exercise every day for 90 minutes. And let's say that that same person isn't exercising at all right now. They have a very sedentary life. Is exercising 90 minutes a day realistic? Maybe not. Uh, it doesn't seem like there would be a high probability that that person would be able to be successful going from no exercise at all to 90 minutes every day. That seems unrealistic. So we think about what would be effective. Well, you set a goal for yourself and maybe 10 minutes of exercise three times this week. And you can always exceed your goal, which is always good. And that can help your confidence and your self-esteem and things like that. But, um, you know, it doesn't always have to be uh, a, a really intense goal. It can be something that you're going to be much more likely to do. So that's what effectively means is pick goals for yourself that are realistic and that you have a high probability of being able to actually complete. So do what works. Okay. So maybe effectively would be setting a realistic goal, 10 minutes a day, three times a week. Maybe also what would be another way to set you up to be successful and effective, maybe putting your clothes out, your exercise clothes out the night before, 
maybe setting a timer that goes off after 10 minutes and then you can decide whether or not you want to continue or if you want to stop there. Maybe that would be something else that would be effective in terms of helping you to meet your goals. But again, the idea is just do what's going to be effective. Don't think about what I should do or what I could do, but think about what will I do? All right. Another mindfulness skill is called radical acceptance. And this is really going to be a game changer. If you've not heard of radical acceptance, it's really where it's at. So the idea comes from Eastern spirituality, Buddhism. The idea is that 99% of things in life that we suffer over, we have no control over. So we're powerless over these situations. And yet we suffer over them. How do we suffer over them? We have a hard time letting go of what we think should be. We get wrapped up in what we think expectation, like what the expectations are of a situation. We can uh you know become very angry when things don't work out the way that we want them to and we can hang on to that anger it's human nature to hold on to emotions that we have and as a matter of fact not just hold on to them but it's human nature to actually look for things that feed that emotion so If you're angry, guess what? You're going to look for more things that are going to make you angry. Okay. That's not what we want to do, is it? No, we don't want to hold on to our anger. We don't want to hold on to our sadness or our shame or our fear. We want to let that shit go. So radical acceptance is one way that we can do this. And radical acceptance means that we are leaning into the situation or we are wrapping our arms around the isness of the situation meaning we are making friends with the fact that this is the way things are right now this is reality this is the way things are and we need to do one of two things we can either accept it or we can suffer over it And I think you'll agree that accepting it is really the preferred way to go most of the time, because we don't want to hold on to anger unnecessarily or sadness or shame or fear. We don't want to hold on to those emotions because the times that we're feeling those emotions, we're missing out on an opportunity to feel joy and love and other pleasant emotions. So we don't want to hold on to those emotions So radically accepting it is a decision that you're going to choose to lean into this. You're going to wrap your arms around it. You're going to make friends with it. You're going to have it over for tea. You're going to really make peace with it. And the purpose of this is for your own peace of mind and your own stress level, your own mental health, your own physical health, 
learning how to let that shit go is so important when it's for things that we have no control over. So for radical acceptance, imagine a situation where let's say, let's say this is a minor situation, but let's say that you're stuck in line at the grocery store. And in the past, that's been something that has been relatively unpleasant for me when I used to be much more, uh, I guess you could say like type A trying to get things done. I'm much, much more relaxed now. But when I used to do that, I would become a little anxious and keyed up if the lines were long in the grocery store. And so um, in that situation, let's say that you're faced with long lines and let's say that you're already running late getting to work, you have two choices. You can either accept the fact that the lines are long, make friends with it, uh, maybe take the time to read the magazines at the checkout (laughs) counter, Uh, just find other ways to spend your time and maybe even uh, find things that you can be grateful for, reasons that you can find joy in the situation. Like right now, I don't have anything that I need to do. Right now, I can get on my smartphone and check my email. Or right now, I have an opportunity to look at this candy and decide whether or not I want any of it. Uh, But you can do that or you can stand there and just stew and be really intense and, you know, stare at the cashier and stare at the people in front of you and huff and puff. And what is your experience going to be like in those two different scenarios? One is you're going to be chill The other is you're going to be super annoyed. So which one would you prefer? And it's really liberating to know that we have choices about how we respond to stressful situations. And we can actually choose to accept, to radically accept the things that we have no control over. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the serenity prayer. Some people uh, say the serenity prayer. It's pretty common in 12-step programs. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that serenity prayer is really embraces this idea that we're going to suffer if we don't accept the things we have no control over. And so try out the radical acceptance. It's really a game changer. And it's been really helpful for lots of folks. If you're interested in learning more about radical acceptance, you can check out the Radical Acceptance book by Tara Brock. You can also uh, look into another author by the name of Brene Brown. She talks about radical acceptance as well. Those are two people that that uh, those are two resources that you could look into more. There's some uh, TED Talks that both of them did on radical acceptance. You can check that out, check out the books and and see what you think. Uh, let me know in the comments whether you like these, these suggestions or not. Please like and subscribe and share with people so that we can spread the word. 
and help reduce the stigma of mental illness and also help improve the mental health of the listeners, give people access to mental health support for free and more easily accessible. So thanks so much for your support. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a good day.